This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. This is a podcast about two things, helping those with urgent needs in front of us today and improving the road so others can walk it safely in the future. Welcome to The Better Samaritan, a podcast where we're learning how to do good better. I'm Kent Anning, co-director of the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton College, and I'm joined by my colleagues Jamie Ayton and Laura Finch to explore how we can more effectively love our neighbors from everyday acts of kindness to the most complex humanitarian challenges facing the church and society today. We've spoken to dozen, over a dozen leaders, uh, humanitarian leaders from around the world on all kinds of great topics, the amazing work that they're doing. We hope you've enjoyed these, those conversations, and we thought we'd take an opportunity to let you listen in on one question, one of the five questions that we've asked all of them. Uh, the question is, what has surprised you in your work recently? The reason we ask that is, you know, we're humble, and they're humble, and they keep on seeking to learn, and they're learning so much from interacting with people, seeking to serve people, and this is hard work, getting to become a better Samaritan, but it's also joyful and curious work. So we hope you're encouraged by them in what you learn from them, and also you're encouraged to keep on learning yourself as you keep seeking to do good better. Therapist, expert, and author, Dr. Diane Langberg. I have been surprised by the fact that when I went into a profession that was about caring for other people, which I intensely wanted to do and do well, and help them change or grow or whatever they wanted or needed to do, I was surprised by the fact that God works both sides, sides, and that from his perspective, I was there for myself learning and changing just as much as the other person was. Executive Director of IJM Canada, Anu George Kanjanathopal. The transformation that I've experienced within. I, I'm a survivor of violence myself, but yeah, I just, I was just, I thought I was making a difference in the lives of people. The truth is God was doing something absolutely miraculous in me. So the transformation is what that surprised me. Vice President of Water at World Vision, Greg Allgood. What surprised my work recently is the fact that um, we can finish the job. And the biggest impediment to people partnering with groups that do work in the developing world is not believing that we can finish the job. We drew a line in the sand and said, we want to finish the job of providing clean water to everybody, everywhere, everywhere we work in Rwanda. And the response from our U.S. donors has been amazing. We raised $30 million dollars. Uh, within three years, we thought it would take five years. Director of Climate Center and founder and CEO of Atmos Research, Catherine Hayhoe. That's a great question. I think something that surprised me initially and will probably surprise many people is that even though dismissive people have the loudest voices on climate change and dismissive people are people who like your uncle at the Thanksgiving dinner or your brother-in-law or coworker just will not shut up about how it's just volcanoes or natural cycles or the United Nations wants to destroy the world or the antichrist is behind climate action. Even though dismissives are very loud and their voices are everywhere, it seems like, especially in the comments section of news online and in my social media feed, 
they're only 7% of the population. 7%. Over 60% of people in the United States today are already worried or concerned about climate change, but they just don't know what they can do about it. And when you go look at moms, 83% of us who are moms are worried about climate change. But moms are busy and they don't know what to do about it either. And they really don't have time for all that fancy stuff. So that was what surprised me, realizing that most people already care. They just don't know what to do. And that's why, again, it's so important to go back to what my TED Talk says. And I would encourage everybody to watch it if you have a chance or read it or listen to it because we didn't cover it all here. Um, That's why my TED Talk really points out the absolute importance of raising our voices to talk. And we can talk about what we're doing ourselves. Reducing food waste is a huge way to cut our own carbon footprint. Hanging up our clothes to dry, switching out our light bulbs. My husband surprised us for Christmas two years ago with solar panels, which was an awesome Christmas present. And I love to talk about those, but I love to talk about what cities are doing or what corporations are doing or what really unexpected people and places are doing. Using our voice is incredibly powerful to build that shared sense of we really can do this and to advocate for change with the people who make decisions, whether it's at our church whether it's at place where we work, whether it's in our city or our state or at the federal level, using our voice to say to them, hey, have you thought of doing this together? Because together we could really make a huge difference. Author and founder of Public Square Strategies, Michael Ware. Uh, churches approached the, the, this, uh, this, the, the previous election season with a great level of intentionality that was all the more impressive to me, obviously given all the burdens related to COVID that, that are placed on churches. And this wasn't every church, but I noticed a significant difference in sort of uh, pastors and church leaders emphasizing the need for congregations to hold together in what was going to be a divisive uh, divisive, uh, you know, political season, no matter how it turned out and, uh, and all of that. And so um, it, it, in a way that's, uh, that surprised me. Uh, it, it was a good surprise. Uh, uh, and I'm hoping that that's something that we could build on. Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Preemptive Love, Jeremy Courtney. It has surprised me how many people are committed to going down with the ship called Trumpism who sure there's a whole set of people who wanted to, you know, go with the candidate all the way to the finish line. But then after the November 3rd election to continue to drive violent narratives and violent wedges throughout American society. Um, you know, on the one hand, I, we were, we were predicting it and preparing for it, but I've still been very surprised as it has played out over the past few months. Executive Director of Healthcare Ready, Dr. Nicolette Lusaint. One thing that surprised me in my work in the past year is, um, frankly, how critical it is. Um, I, I've really come to realize that there are certain places that Um, certain ways that we sit in certain spaces that if we were not pushing certain conversations um, as an organization, I'm not sure 
where those conversations would live or if they would exist anywhere at all. Refugee Church Consultant with the International Association for Refugees, Pastor Jean-Pierre Guetera. <laughs> the surprise is uh, most of time always you find them also they have already the agenda of what they wanted to do. Even if you were trying to go and help them, always they have the agenda. So you need to go behind sometimes what they have. Author and founder of Love Beyond Walls, Terrence Lester. Yeah, so last year, uh, our organization had to, to pivot from a more centralized model to a decentralized model, meaning that we have a community center. We still have a center, uh, but as the world was closing down, we started to hear these uh, these very deep concerns from our neighbors uh, who are experiencing homelessness, saying, "You know, I don't have anywhere to wash my hands." Right? Um, the everybody's saying, "Wash your hands," but I don't have any access to water. And so, because our organization was, has been uh, traditionally uh, involved in using RV units to temporarily house people to help people transition out of homelessness to become uh, self-sustaining citizens. Um, there's a feature on the RV, you know, porta potties, portable cooking station, portable hand washing stations that people frequently use for uh, leisure. I had this idea to repurpose this portable hand washing station and to just start placing sinks in the street. That's what I told my wife. She said, you should do it. So I started uh, with five, uh, it grew to 15, and now we have portable hand washing stations in 57 cities all across the United States. Uh, people having access to sanitation, uh, because I believe sanitation should be a human right, uh, being able to wash their hands and protect themselves against the spread and contraction of COVID-19. And so all of these companies got involved, I mean, from Porsche to the NFL Foundation to Bronny to uh, Coca-Cola, I mean, you name it, uh, helped us to um, grow this campaign. And on any given week right now with partners all around the country, I mean, it's 30,000 plus people washing their hands per week uh, just from a simple idea. And that surprised me. And I, I equate hand washing to the washing of feet uh, in the Bible. Executive Director of Christians for Social Action, Nikki Toyama Setu. It has surprised me how important uh, laughing and is in the work of justice. David Gunger, lead singer of The Brilliance. Surprised me in my work recently. Um, I just did a band camp where I took 24 uh, musicians down to Texas and I worked on four records. We did 64 songs in about 10 days and it was insanity. We all did COVID tests. We all did uh, everything. And I, I, I did a very strict schedule for the first time for something. And I thought it would be good, but it surprised me how efficient it kept us slash. Um, we played hard. We partied hard. We had such a good time and there was just no ego. And I just, it surprised me for how much I enjoyed, um, I didn't, uh, for the most part, I was producing and doing other stuff. And it just, it really brought me a lot of joy uh, doing the whole thing. So it was great. And no one got COVID. Woo! President Emeritus of World Vision, Rich Stearns. You know, um, I hate to kind of start off with a negative, but 
when I came to World Vision, you know, I, I came in 1998 after 23 years in the corporate world. Um, and so for the first time, I'm in a Christian nonprofit, uh, my first exposure really to global poverty. And uh, I think what I was most surprised about uh, was how most Americans are not very concerned about global poverty issues. You know, 15,000 children die every day. I think that's the number today. Uh, that the UN projects, 15,000 children die every day of preventable causes. And if I were the coroner and I had to fill out their death certificates and I had to put the cause of death, I would write the word apathy down as cause of death because we have the money, we have the knowledge, we have the resources, we have the ability to go and be good Samaritans, right? We're in the, we're in the same moral position as the priest and the Levite. We see the problem. We're aware of the problem. We have solutions to the problem. We could help, but we choose not to. Uh, and I say we, I mean the the many, many people that do choose to look the other way and, and not stop and help the person broken down at the side of the road. So, um, you know, Americans are very charitable people. But as I think you know, Kent and Laura, about 95% of our charitable giving goes to help people in the United States. And there's nothing wrong with helping our neighbors here in the United States, but 95% of the charitable giving of the wealthiest people in the world, the wealthiest nation in the world, stays within our borders to help our people. And we only give 5% to every cause in the rest of the world. Um, and I just think we can do better. And uh, so I was just surprised at uh, how little Americans were giving to help internationally. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. The chance to really hear from different people who have different experiences and you hear common themes as they answer this question, but you also see the variety. So may you be encouraged as you keep on seeking to do good better as we learn from others who in these conversations who are doing the same. I want to invite you to sign up for our newsletter, our Better Samaritan newsletter. It has a job board. It has curated material that can help you to keep on learning, keep being part of this community. I uh, also invite you to share this episode with a friend or many friends who would also be encouraged by the conversations that we're having here. Thanks for being with us. It's an honor to get to seek to be doing good better along with you.